It's the 2022 World Cup. It's England's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at England's squad for the 20. We interrupt this media cast with a bold and slashing edit and a brief introduction to the shortened player series. It's basically the last section of the full-length version. Uh, there we examined the formations up until June 2022, and we also went through all of the players who had recently appeared for the national team and judged their likelihood of making the squad, as well as giving information on their history and standing with the squad. But for this media cast, we have washed all that chatter out and we're panning down to the nugget. We hope it incites your interest in the full-length version, the link to which is available in the show notes. So now, uh, joining in progress. Uh, so really, uh, they probably just gave those uh, uh, starts to other players. So uh, discussion of the squad, let's uh, start by reviewing what we said uh, at the beginning, the takeaways from the previous podcast. So we talked a bit about pressure and performance, and uh, not a lot to add to that here. Uh, Actually, it's never been an issue in qualifying. They look like a very strong and confident team. Uh, But as I said, uh, there were hints of it in the Euro Cup uh, and in the World Cup at times. Uh, although they seem to generally overcome those problems. The hints came from uh, being sometimes dull in their play and a bit uh, at a loss of what to do. Uh, And then in the penalty shootout, they they also seemed, um, you know, a bit overwhelmed. So uh, that was certainly a problem uh, uh, before the 2014, uh, before the 2018 World Cup, sorry. Uh, but as I say, it can sometimes be an issue, uh, sometimes an issue against teams that they're strongly expected to beat. So I've always myself felt it was a reaction to pressure. Um, there's such heavy expectation uh, upon them by the English media and fans that, um, you know, I think they, they just kind of froze sometimes and, and couldn't get their game Uh, into action. And as I said, sometimes it was uh, particularly pronounced against teams that they were expected to beat, like Iceland uh, and uh, uh, Hungary in recent uh, games with Hungary. So uh, if that's true, it could be an issue here against USA and Iran. It doesn't really seem to happen uh, against um, Scotland and Wales that much, but uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Otherwise, England has a very stable group uh, of players, and uh, they really haven't changed much. Of course, a lot of the players were new for the uh, Euro 2020 squad, but they they kind of brought them in uh, quite comfortably. And they really haven't tried out uh, that many new players, uh, and they haven't gotten rid of a lot of players either. So uh, I think that will work in their favor in that the players uh, have been playing together more and more over the last few years and they're probably getting used to each other. Uh, One of the advantages of not kind of rotating uh, a a whole lot of players. Okay, well, if we talk about their club affiliations, of course, uh, they're with um, uh, many of the top clubs in 
in England, um, but they've always been criticised for not uh, not really branching outside of England uh, very much. So they're a bit insular there. But we have all the top clubs represented: uh, Manchester City, Man United, uh, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, and uh, Liverpool. And then from uh, some of the smaller clubs, although most of them come from those clubs but we do have representation from um everton and crystal palace uh i think each of those have two players and uh you know uh southampton west ham like that however uh we do have a few players playing abroad there so we have uh, uh jude bellingham uh playing with borussia dortmund and we saw that um uh, jaden sancho came back uh, uh, from abroad there and we have Tammy Abraham playing with Roma and Fikayo Tomori uh, playing with Milan all of them doing quite well uh, with those teams so they may be out of the kind of the um, uh, consciousness the weak weekly consciousness of, of English fans but um, they're definitely uh, candidates on this uh, on this squad based on their play with those teams now uh if you've listened to other podcasts you'll see i'm kind of trying to put together a bit of a statistical analysis here so uh we'll see how it's going and one of the things i consider is how many players they've called up since uh, 2020 the total number of players so uh so far we've seen that uh, especially ghana and uh, usa particularly have called up so many players that they have a bit of a rotation problem or selection problem. Um, the, uh, they, so they have close to 70, which uh, uh, seems to be a confusing number. Uh, the average is 52 and England has 45. So uh, as I said before, not, not calling in every player who has a good bit of form. It's kind of hard to get onto the England team and you have to have a bit of sustained form to do it. And uh, that's good because it uh, gives a chance for the players who are selected to play together more often. Well, I'm going to move next to talk about the total players uh, that are definite and likely. And for England, that's uh, 21 players. So um, let me see how that compares to other teams. Uh, this uh, sometimes gives an indication of how, uh, how tight the team is. Uh, because um, uh, players or teams with a low number here um, tend to have players who are playing together on the field more often, so it makes the team tighter. If there's a huge number of players here, uh, it means they're switching in and out quite a bit. So uh, the the players are kind of always playing with a different uh, a different group of players. So 21 is good. It's uh, slightly above average and. Um, uh, it suggests a fairly tight group of players for uh, England. Uh, the other category is how many players are under consideration. So this is definite, likely, and possible. And uh, it doesn't really indicate much in itself, but it does tell us how many players they have to cut. So basically, uh, uh, they're allowed to bring 26 players to the cup. Uh, that, that may return to 23 uh, in future tournaments, but I suspect it won't. Anyway, 26 players for this cup. And unlike the uh, Euro Cup, um, where they could only bring 
Uh, they could bring 26 players, but only put 23 players on the bench. In this case, they're allowed to put all 15 players on the bench. And uh, total players under consideration is 35. So that basically means they'll have to cut nine of the players that we talked about today. And if we look at the definite and likely categories and use that as a guide, it would mean that they can basically add five of the of the possible players that we talked about here. So uh, it's going to be a difficult decision. Now, they will put out a preliminary squad of 55 players, and uh, they have to use that roster if they want to replace any injured players shortly before the Cup, um, like that. So we'll also kind of see the top 55 candidates, which will probably... Uh, include some new players since we only have 45 under consideration here. Uh, but in terms of um, the final selection, uh, Gareth uh, Southgate has a few uh, uh, disappointed souls to deal with because uh, he's basically got a cut. Uh, nine of the players uh, that we saw in the possible uh, probably in the possible category here, but perhaps some of the uh, definite or likely uh, will surprisingly not make it to the cup. Okay, a couple of other stats in terms of average age. Uh, England's, uh, so this is also um, just among the definite possible and likely players. The average age is 25.7, and not much to remark on there. It's on the young side. The average is somewhere between 25 and and uh, 27, and uh, the average is 26.3. So they have um, uh, a slightly younger squad. And when I looked at the um, the actual breakdown of that, we see that they have uh, just four players who are over 30, and none who are over 32. So Kyle Walker and Jordan Henderson are uh, 32. Kieran Trippier is 31 and Nick Pope is 30. Uh, that's pretty young. Uh, you know, I mean, that's um, not not that many senior players. For some teams, that could indicate uh, that they maybe need more veterans on the team. But that uh, doesn't seem to be the case for, for uh, England. Uh, and then at the other end of the scale, we'd have just one player who's under 20 years old. Uh, that is Jude Bellingham, but we do have um, uh, six players, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players who are 22 years old or younger. So that kind of uh, accounts for them being slightly younger than most teams, but it's not really significant. Uh, in terms of uh, average cap per player, they have uh, 23.9, so about 24 caps per player. And... Um, um, let me see what the average is there. Uh, it's a bit below average as most teams have 26, uh, or the average right now is 26.2 among the teams I've done so far. So again, not really a significant difference there, but it does suggest a bit of a younger uh, squad. Um, I, I'll give you a moment to think about who you think has the most caps on the team. And now I shall answer. It is Raheem Sterling with 77 caps. Maybe uh, people would have chosen Harry Kane. Uh, he's second with uh, 73. Uh, Henderson, 69. Kyle Walker, 68. Uh, and other players have less than 60. And uh, uh, among players who have less than 10 caps, we have... Um, uh, 
uh, 10 players who have less than 10 caps. So 10 of the uh, 35 uh, in that category. So again, slightly less experienced than other squads, but not to a worrying degree as they have uh, plenty of players with experience. In terms of goals, uh, the team total is 113 among the players that are under consideration and that works out to 3.3 uh, per player. I'm still trying to understand and improve uh, this stat uh, because I'm not I'm not sure how much it really means but uh, so far to me it kind of means that uh, they score more than average uh, um, because the average total for teams is 104 and then the average goals per player is uh, 3.4 so they're slightly below that uh, you can make of it what you will uh, but generally, it, it suggests they're a scoring team. Now, for England, they are a scoring team uh, much more in qualifying than in the Cups. Sometimes they're quite uh, defensive in the Cups. But if they play a weaker team or have a good game, uh, they can certainly score a lot of goals. But I would suggest most of, those, uh, most of their goal scoring uh, is... Uh, what I mean is they tend to be a more scoring team in qualifying than they are in the cup. And that's because they're more expansive and open in qualifying, whereas when a cup comes, they, they sometimes get a bit defensive. Okay, we'll uh, move on to players and issues to watch. So uh, starting with the defense, uh, Pickford, is he going to be the starter? Uh, his form is not as good as before, but he kind of has held on to a place. But uh, Ramsdale started the last two games, and uh, Nick Pope's form has uh, become very good, so he might make a comeback onto the team. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, if, if they did try another goalkeeper during the Cup. My guess is that Pickford will start, and if he does well, uh, he'll continue. But if he doesn't do well, he may be replaced by... Uh, I think it's going to be Ramsdale or Pope, but we'll come to that. Uh, the next issue in defence is um, at the right-back position, do they go with a kind of a more defensive right-back like Kyle Walker or uh, a more offensive uh, right-back like um, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold? And we said during the long podcast that he he seems to prefer the more defensive um uh, the more defensive Kyle Walker. However, he may uh, he may have found a good balance in Reese James, who has come into the team more. So it'll be interesting to see what they do over on the right side. Uh, on the left side, uh, you know, it'll just be interesting to see who they pick. So the players they've been going with, uh, uh, Luke Shaw basically had the position, but now seems to be losing it. Uh, ben Chilwell and then right-winger uh, Kieran Trippier, um, both making a bid for it. But um, uh, it seems to be in a bit of flux right now as to who will actually uh, be in that position. Uh, in the midfield, uh, that's where they're, you know, that's where they're going to have to cut some players. Um, there's no real issues um, and the, the defensive midfielders are pretty stable with Declan Rice and, and Kevin Phillips. But uh, kind of um, uh, in the more attacking midfielders, 
uh, it seems like that's where they're going to have to cut uh, some of the players. Uh, in the attack, uh, a definite issue would be, is there an over-reliance on Kane? I suppose it, it won't come to a head uh, unless Kane gets injured. But uh, the problem with um, Kane starting so many of the games is that uh, they haven't really uh, given much field time to whoever's going to back Kane up. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be a really strong candidate um, right now. So that's the other issue in attack is uh, are there really suitable candidates uh, to back Kane up or, you know, to come in as substitutes or to come in as a second forward. We saw that they've only ever uh, had one centre forward and that may be because uh, there aren't a lot of candidates. So they have a few uh, candidates who they've kind of tried and uh, dismissed. So uh, like Ollie Watkins, Patrick Lamford, um, uh, uh, Callum Wilson, um, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, have all kind of come and gone, maybe not completely gone. Uh, Marcus Rashford too. And I think there is a chance for uh, Marcus Rashford to come back onto the team. I even think a couple of unused players like Ivan Tony uh, could be selected. Uh, Mikel Antonio uh, used to be a, a, a possible candidate, but now he's committed to uh, Jamaica. He's played World Cup qualifying games for them, so he is cap-tied. Uh, but <laughs> Ivan Tony has also been approached by Jamaica uh, and he refused, hoping to get onto the England team. And given his form recently and the lack of candidates in this position, uh, I think he might appear in the September games. In fact, uh, one of my sources did say uh, he made an appearance uh, in the National League games in June, but uh, I couldn't verify that uh, by more than one source. So. Uh, anyway, he, he, he kind of is a consideration, even though he hasn't been mentioned in this podcast. All right, let's take a look at some of the new players uh, for England. So we have in central defense a couple of new uh, uh, and younger players. Mark uh, Guihi, we won't do the bio on them because uh, that is in the longer version of the podca podcast. But uh, he is 22 years old and plays for Crystal Palace. Uh, Fikayo Tomori is doing well uh, over in Italy. Uh, he's not so young. He's 25 years old and has been on the team since 2019, but really has uh, come into the picture uh, fairly recently. Uh, midfielders, we have uh, Connor Gallagher, uh, who is 22 years old and uh, has played four games. Uh, he's with Chelsea in England. Uh, Jared Bowen um, also has four caps. He's not young, actually. He's uh, uh, 26 years old, but he's pretty new to the team and had a good season with West Ham. I think it'll be uh, form uh, that will dictate uh, uh, who's chosen, and we might get an outside player like uh, Ivan Tony coming in. Emile Smith-Rowe is an attacking midfielder. Uh, new to the squad, but actually didn't play in the last four games. So uh, he'll be um, 
uh, in in a bit tough to make the team. And uh, Oliver Watkins or Ollie Watkins, uh, fairly new to the team, but has seven caps and two goals. Although he is not a young player either, uh, 26 years old, but uh, fairly new to the English setup. Uh, moving on to injuries, we don't really have any uh, to speak of. We have a couple of players coming back from uh injury uh chillwell i i think i i have it in my mind that kyle walker is another player coming back uh from injury but he, he wasn't injured for any of the uh games as as far as i recall um but anyway uh nevertheless they're they're both back uh, same with john stones who seems a bit absent in my mind uh, but perhaps just because he hasn't been selected to play for man city um but kind of coming back into the picture and uh, notable absences well we don't really have any veterans for england who have retired in uh, over the last couple of cups uh i would say the closest thing to a notable absence here is marcus rashford who was uh you know fairly firmly established on the team uh but hasn't played since the uh, euro cup in 2020 and uh, danny welbeck actually was a great servant for uh, England from 2011 to 2018, uh, but wasn't um, uh, wasn't selected after September 2018, but still active as a club player and playing well for Brighton. And given the lack of forwards, I think there's an outside chance for both of these two players. All right, well, we're going to uh, finish with the... Uh, uh, going through the squad and uh, predict the starters. So uh, my prediction is that Gareth Southgate will be there. I'm going to put him as a definite candidate. Um, Jordan Pickford, I am not so sure about, but I guess I'll put him as the starter uh, because he, he has the starting position and uh, would be kind of insulted to lose it. But I think there is a bit of competition there, and I think he could uh, lose it easily uh if he doesn't perform well but we, we'll pick this up in september uh in the sorry in the update podcast and maybe have a bit more clarity on it uh, it looks like uh, nick pope and ramsdale uh will be the will be the uh backup keepers here again we'll um we'll cover any surprises between them and and our update called podcast uh, Harry Maguire is actually losing a bit of form, and I think he's played uh, as a starter for England a bit less. Um, and the same might be uh, said of Connor Cody, actually. I don't think the form is really that great. I think Maguire will make the squad, and, uh, and uh, Stones will make the squad, but I'm not really convinced that they'll be starters. Um, However, you know, I think it's the most stable backline. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they start the early games, but especially uh, players who come in in good form uh, could kind of quickly replace them. And Connor Cody uh, likely to make the cup, but I think his form will be important over the next while. I'm kind of, uh, uh, I'm kind of shining a bit on Fikayo Tomori here as uh, maybe um, a bit of a surprise. Uh, a surprise starter okay left back as we said is a very difficult position and uh, really um, I wonder if um, Kieran Trippier I'm just going to copy his name up here uh, I wonder if Kieran Trippier uh, who we have as a likely candidate um, 
is is going to be the player to do it here because he's playing that position for his club team and uh, sometimes plays that position for England. But I'm not confident enough to say uh, that any of them will be a starter. So, uh, well, I think Trippier will be a starter uh, somewhere on the field, not necessarily uh, as the left back. But uh, I won't put him as a starter here. I'll put him as a starter uh, below here. Uh, Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell. I would give the nod to Ben Chilwell right now, but I really can't say. It might be a right midfielder moving over, which they have sometimes done. Uh, right midfielder. Uh, my feeling is that Reese James is going to be a starter, not necessarily as the right back, but perhaps as the right midfielder or even as a left back. Uh, but I also think Kyle Walker is going to be a starter uh, as well because Gareth Southgate seems to like him and uh, he seems to value his defensiveness over Trent Alexander's uh, kind of offensive abilities. He doesn't seem to favor uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in that position, has actually not used him in that position, but more as a midfielder. Uh, defensive midfielders, uh, Declan Rice and Philip, uh, Calvin Phillips. Well, I think Declan Rice is definitely a starter. I think um, Calvin Phillips is likely a starter, but I'm not uh, confident enough to say that right now. But I think he uh, will, will be selected for sure. Uh, and uh, kind of a 50-50, depending maybe on the setup that they use. Uh, central midfielders, we have Jude Bellingham and uh, Phil Foden, but I wouldn't see either of those as starters. Uh, and I have to go down the list quite a while to find, uh, find a starter here. Uh, but the next one I see is Raheem Sterling, uh, one of their stars, um, one of their biggest stars who will for sure be a starter. But I can't say the same of... Um, uh, Jack Grealish in terms of my confidence in him as a starter. Uh, right winger uh, Bakayo Sacco. Well, we saw that Phil Foden started as the right winger in the cup, but Gareth uh, Southgate seemed to prefer Saka, and I think he's going to be a starter. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised um, if Phil Foden uh, starts instead. But um, there we have it. Uh, Mason Mount, his form has not been good. Uh, recently, but I think for England, he's uh, he's a starting player. Again, maybe switching positions uh, based on the the uh, formation they use, and the only forward who we we define as a starter is Harry Kane. Um, is Harry Kane? So yeah, I, I didn't really uh, talk about uh, substitutes. Um, here and I, I'm going to skip that because it would be a bit of a long discussion. But I would say, you know, basically the players who are who are listed as likely here uh, uh, are will either be starters or substitutes, and then really just a handful. We saw that there's only room for a handful of the the possible candidates to make it in. All right. Well, that brings us to the end, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, keep in mind that we're going to be doing an update as soon as new information comes out, and that'll probably be in early November, maybe early to mid-November. Uh, um, I'd like to do it not when the teams publish the preliminary roster, but when the final roster is decided upon. 
So keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's uh, Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, which is uh, soccerfilescaptivate.fm. But you can find us other ways by typing Soccer Files into Google or Soccer Files Canada. Or the show notes, which I've been working on increasingly, uh, have links to uh, lots of good stuff, including timestamps and, uh, and uh, other podcasts that are related to this one. So thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>